All right. Happy Tuesday, everyone. It is November 5th. I'm Blake Pace. You're listening to another episode of Quick Hits, and today we are covering week nine of the NFL season. Officially wrapped up off after Monday Night Football between the Cowboys and the Giants. A lot of fun in that game. Most exciting part was our, our feline friend that just dashed into the uh, into the end zone, made his way back into the tunnel. He called the game, called his shot, and then walked it off. Very fun. We're going to cover uh, each game from the Week 9 slate. Um, as I've already spoken about on our last episode, um, and, and we'll go more in-depth with it on Friday. Bad one for the bank. Had two good weeks in Week 7 and 8. Kind of fell a little flat in Week 9, but we'll pick things back up. Um, how about those home teams? Home teams dominated uh, this past week. So we're going to get to all that from Thursday night through Monday night. Cover each game. Kind of my impressions with where the team is at, where the direction is heading. Now, tomorrow, Wednesday, you'll be getting the updated power rankings. Thursday, we'll go into more taking a look at, at games specifically. I'm going to take a big look uh, at the story of the week which is the the Ravens taking down the Patriots. I want to take a look at that game. I'm already watching go, uh, through again, taking some notes. Um, you know, to me, the Patriots, of course, everyone was giving me shit for, uh, for how they hadn't played anybody tough, and then as soon as Baltimore came through, um, they did a pretty nice job against, uh, against New England. And so I'm going to take a look at that, take a look at what we saw from the Patriots' defense, because that was... Really what got me the most, you know, we, we knew that the Patriots' offense wasn't great. Um, you know, that was their one, okay, it doesn't look too fantastic, a little shaky receivers, um, and, and the connection with Brady isn't all there. Sony Michelle, kind of lackluster. Uh, offensive line a little banged up. No fullback in there as well, too, as he's on the IR. And so um, I'm more interested in taking a look at the Patriots' defense and uh, kind of really what the, the Baltimore offense brought to that game. And we're going to take a look, and I'm going to take a look at some other contenders around the league and see who kind of has the ability to fit that format with the Ravens because um, as of now, that's the that's the key to beating this Patriots team. So we'll take a look at that. But uh, we'll save that for Thursday's episode, gambling episode on Friday, do the whole damn thing again next week. But let's get into the games. Thursday night, a fun one. Wasn't maybe it wasn't expected to be as fun as it was. Uh, 49ers taking on the Cardinals. Cardinals at home. Um, 49ers, you know, moved to eight and zero, undefeated on the season. Cardinals lose this one, moved to three five and one. The final score is twenty eight to twenty five. And um, the big storyline from this one is that the 49ers showed that they can win in different ways. You know, weeks one through eight, it was really a lot of. Success in the ground game, success on defense, and um, Jimmy just had to kind of be there. Really, really, and, and it wasn't that Jimmy Garoppolo wasn't playing well, he just wasn't needed. Dominate the time of possession with the run game. you got so many talented running backs. Dominate on defense, keep the score low, and all you got to do is win the game. Um, but then it came to where the Cardinals were keeping pace with the 49ers. Kyler Murray um, looked pretty good, 17-24 for 241 and two touchdowns. Added 34 yards on the ground. Kenyon Drake had a great game, 110 yards and a touchdown uh, on the ground. And the receiving also had 52 yards. Of course, he had the Andy and Isabella 88-yard score. Um, Cardinals offense was keeping pace with them, which I think says a lot about really where this 
offense has potential to grow on, um, you know, just not even beyond this year, not just this season, but beyond into 2020 in the future with, with Cliff and Kyler. Definitely exciting. Um, but what we learn from the 49ers is they can rely on Jimmy Garoppolo. You know, the, the run game wasn't going to be the solution to win that. Now, you know, Brita had 78, Tevin Coleman a down day with 23. Um, so had to rely on Jimmy Garoppolo. 28 of 37, 317, four touchdowns, zero interceptions, only took one sack. Had a hell of a game. Tried to win over Aaron Andrews hard at the end of the day, too. <laughs> um, 49ers, man. Uh, you know, New England fell. Um, you know, their first loss to Baltimore. And so my power rankings piece, it's probably no surprise I'm going to have a new number one team. And I haven't gone through and officially written it out and gone through. But, you know, to me right now, it's it's the 49ers. And, um feel pretty good about that so 49ers 28 Cardinals 25 I, I like what we saw from the offense on the Cardinals they just need an offensive line and a defense then for the 49ers learn that we can uh we can win without you know a dominant defense uh, and, and a strong run game head over to London hello it's a bit of a whiffle um <laughs> the Houston Texans uh, just dismantling the Jacksonville Jaguars 26-3. No need to spend a lot of time on this. It's the same shit every week. I just need to stop betting against Deshaun Watson. I don't get why I keep doing it. I tell you every week that that I that I, I need to stop doing it, yet every Friday it rolls around, and I'm like, oh, well, the Jags, good defense. They, they play a lot in, in uh, London. No. Texans 26, Jaguars 3. Look, Minshew may not be the guy... Rolled on early in the season. Dazzled us. Still think he has potential in the league. Still didn't have a, an awful game, you know, 27-47, 309. He did have the two picks. Also another uh, loss fumble in there, too. I think he leads the league in loss fumbles right now. But look, you know, to me, bring back Foles. See what you got um, for the rest of the season. At, at least that way we've got a half a season with Minshew, a half a season of Foles. To me, you know... Foles can, both guys can stay on this roster. Foles can be the guy through the rest of his contract, and during that time, you're just grooming Gardner Minshew. There's no problem with that. Other thing is, though, Leonard Fournette. It's high on him coming into the season. Um, he's one of those guys that we won't, you know, we talk about running backs getting paid a lot and whether or not it's the right decision. We don't have to worry about that with Fournette. He won't get a big contract. Um, for the Texans, I got to stop betting against Deshaun Watson. And I'm not betting against Deshaun Watson. I'm betting against Bill O'Brien and the rest of that roster. Um, just for some reason, Watson's Michael Jordan right now. It's kind of like John Gruden said. Texans take that one easily. Now leading in the AFC South. Um, big game between them and the Colts three weeks from now. Texans 26, Jaguars 3. Next one up, we've got the uh, Buffalo Bills. Pretty easily taking care of the Washington Redskins. Uh, 24 to nine. Bills at home, moving to six and two. Undefeated on the road. Three and zero though, so it's I guess small sample size, but three and two at home. Um, look, one of those games. Josh Allen didn't have to do much. 14 to 20 for 160 and a touchdown. Uh, put 12 yards and a touchdown on the ground too. Uh, big Devin Singletary game. We've been waiting for that to happen. Um, it's Frank Gore has been dominating a, a lot of the touches throughout the season, but Singletary out there, 20 for 95 and a score. I really like his potential. I, I like the receiving core that's there. It's not talented, but it's, it's got one guy to do each different thing. You know, John Brown's your deep threat. 
Cole Beasley fits the middle of the field. I think Dawson Knox has potential as a tight end. Um, there really seems to be the one thing that the offense is missing is just a really, you know, go-to trusty tight end, big hands, big target. Um, I still like the Bills, you know, they're not, they're not great. Like I said on yesterday's show, I probably have them with the Colts around that fifth or sixth best team in the AFC. Um, for the Redskins, uh, look, Dwayne Haskins, I got my concerns with, everyone does, he doesn't look ready, and I, I know we've got the notion that quarterbacks aren't, aren't supposed to be ready, you know, they can sit a few years behind, we've seen it, you know, Aaron Rodgers didn't come right in and start, he had Brett Favre in front of him, oh, well, I've just we've seen it so much now where quarterbacks can come in and play as soon as they get there. You know, and, you know Andrew Luck came in, played right away. Deshaun Watson came in, played right away. You know, Patrick Mahomes would have come in and played right away if Alex Smith wasn't the starting quarterback and making a, a large amount of cash. You know, we we see all these rookie quarterbacks come in and do well. Kyler, Daniel Jones is coming in. I know Haskins didn't have a lot of experience as a starter. Uh, in college, you only got that one full season, but if you're taken in the first round, I think you should be, we're, we're beyond the point of, of sitting our quarterbacks for some time, and so uh, I do have concerns, still was, you know, kind of efficient with it, 15 of 22 for 144, didn't throw an interception, was brought down a bunch, look, there are a lot of problems in Washington, and I wouldn't say Haskins is the biggest one, but I definitely would like to see um, some more confident throws out of their quarterback, I don't know what direction the Redskins are headed in, but, um, well, it's, it's heading south. You know, they're going to get a top three pick or in their top four, top five. But, look, run run the rest of the of the year out of Adrian Peterson. It's amazing. He's still trugging along. 18 carries for 108. Get yourself a receiver. Get yourself some help in the secondary. Up front on both sides, you're, you're pretty solid. Offensive line isn't great. Defensive front seven I love. Um Washington's a bad team. Buffalo's a good one. Not surprised with the outcome. Bills 24, Redskins 9. Now on to the game that I kind of touched on. Uh, well, actually, I, I touched on a lot yesterday. Um, Chiefs winning at home 26-23 to against the Minnesota Vikings. Both teams now 6-3. and To me, both these teams are heading in separate directions. Um, for the Chiefs, they're getting back Patrick Mahomes. Some, some light games in the divisional, you know, in the division left still to be played. I know they got a game against the Pats later on too. That's going to be tough, but um, they're heading in an upward direction. To me, they're still, you know, the number two team in the AFC. Um, for Minnesota, look, you know, a nine and seven season isn't bad, but you would probably want a little bit more after starting six and two. Um, no one would be happy going three and five the rest of the way to finish out your season, but that's kind of what I see for Minnesota just missing the playoffs. And Kirk, look, three touchdowns, only took one sack, but, you know, completions, 19-38, not great. And the problem comes when, when Dalvin Cook can't get things going on the ground, you know, when they sell out on the run and trust their secondary, um, when opponents trust their secondary, and, and Cook can only go 12 car- 21 carries for 71 yards. Um, you know, a lot of pressure is put on Kirk, and Kirk doesn't do well with pressure. And so when an opposing offense can put up a lot of points, you know, the, the Chiefs are extremely explosive, you know, um, and can put up 26. It's tough for 
Kirk to be able to outscore that. And so I like where the Chiefs are heading. I don't like where the Vikings are heading. And this was a game that I think really is going to start to see both of these teams trending in opposite directions. Uh, Chiefs take it 26 to 23 over Minnesota. Boy, oh boy, on to a doozy of a game. (laughs) Sorry, Ted. Sorry, Tom. The uh, Miami Dolphins picking up their first win of the season. Congrats to Brian Flores. I like him as a head coach. He's gonna he's gonna do well, in Miami. Dolphins twenty six, Jets eighteen. Look, uh, if you're looking for positive takeaways from this game, if you're the Jets, you are closer to one of the top overall picks. If you have a chance to take Chase Young, get you know the most electric edge player in, in quite some time. I mean, we're talking Von Miller type talent, um, or you want to go in the back end with Jeffrey Okuda. Um, best corner in the class out of Ohio State. Either of those are great directions. So you're a little bit closer to that, and I think we can we can confidently say that like, I, I mean, hopefully the Jets fire Adam Gase after this season. I think that's the one shining light of of losing, especially to Miami, especially to Ryan Fitzpatrick, who put up almost 300 yards and three touchdowns on you. Um, you know the. the the Jets hopefully move on from Adam Gase. And now I know, uh, and, and great interview with me and uh, my friend Teddy Pristash uh, last week. Um, you know, it's not great to throw in your third play caller and third head coach, uh, you know, with Sam Darnold in his first three seasons. But hopefully the next hire is the right hire. And I have faith in uh, in the Jets GM to hopefully make that right decision now that he's in there and have a full off season. Look, Jets... Go in there and get as much young talent as possible. Hit the reset button. New head coach. Fix the offensive line. Fix the you know the corners. Get some help up front, um, and hopefully you know salvage what's up uh, with with Sam Darnold because look he he wasn't great. Wasn't that good? You know that awful interception that he threw too. I was texting Teddy during the game. He told me it reminded him of he's getting Mark Sanchez flashbacks, and um, that's just not ideal. Um, for the Dolphins, good win, solid win. I like I like the character on the team. Yeah, they've really gutted that roster out and still are competing. Um, you know, at week nine in the season after starting zero and seven. So, props to them for that. Um, I like Brian Flores. I like the direction. I, I like the idea of just completely tanking. You know, I I, I like the teams that acknowledge. Okay, we're just going to take a year, try and go zero and sixteen, one and fifteen instead of the team that maybe has the talent to go six and ten. Um, and insists on, you know, spending big in free agency, making some, you know, maybe riskier draft picks to really go for it this year when it's better to just assess, you know, to to assess your team at the beginning of the season and then, you know, plan accordingly. I, I like the teams that are just willing to take that one bad year instead of still have a bad year, but, you know, try and make it a good year. And so, uh, Dolphins take this one, first one of the season, 26-18 over the New York Jets. We had a loser leaves town match on Sunday. And while both of these teams, I I don't think, have a realistic shot of making the playoffs, the winning team is a lot closer to it than uh, than, uh, the team that took the loss. The Eagles beating the Bears 22-14. Kind of a crapshoot of a game. Philadelphia jumps out to the 12-0 early lead um really much dominates the entire game bears put up two scores toward the end um 
I don't have a, I don't have much faith in either of these teams, especially Philadelphia. I don't, I don't believe that they've got what it takes to make a run at the postseason. They do look a lot better when they run the ball effectively. Jordan Howard with 82, Sanders put in 42 on the ground, uh, and then an extra 31 through the air. Wentz was nice, uh, 26 to 39 for 239 and a, and a touchdown. Look, the Eagles. Um, I don't know. I don't know what to make of them. Looks like all their play-calling talent got taken to Indy with Frank Reich. Still have problems in the secondary. Um, still just receiver injuries as well, too. Don't don't help them out at all. Deshaun Jackson most likely out for the year. Inconsistent play from, from Alshon Jeffrey, Nelson Aguilar. Tight ends are good. But, um, yeah, I still think that's Dallas's division uh, for the taking. Now, for Chicago... I don't know at what point we decide to just start playing Chase Daniel. Um, you know, honestly, I don't think it makes a difference. Neither of them should be the starting quarterback for the Bears next year. But Mitch, 10 of 21 for 125, took three sacks, a QBR of 18.2. Um, you know, the the other problem now that we're starting to to acknowledge a little bit more is that the Bears' offensive line also isn't, isn't worth a damn. And that doesn't really give Mitch... A bunch of opportunities but um you know it's clear there are a lot of problems at, at quarterback and so for the bears they're also one of those two teams that i wouldn't you know just with the with the jets i, I wouldn't waste any time bringing gase back for another year with the bears i'm not wasting more time with mitch trubisky i'm trying to get another quarterback uh in there soon whether it's a trade free agency if they want to take a flyer on one of the later or actually they, they'll be in the teens if they want to take you know the fourth fifth quarterback selected in there as well too but um, team has a lot of potential, can still maximize on. It's a tough division, and really the division's only getting stronger. Green Bay seems better than they were last year. Um, Detroit seems to be on the come up. Minnesota still a very well coached team, good roster. So it's gonna be tough for the Bears, but they should maximize on it now because you know eventually you're gonna start losing more and more of those defensive pieces. You know they already lost a guy like Adrian Amos last year. Vic Fangio is now head coach in Denver. So try and try and salvage what you have left and and. Hopefully you can build something there, but not this year. Eagles take it 22 to 14. On to uh, the heartbreaker for me. Uh, we spoke about it on Monday's episode, but uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers moving to four and four on the year, taking down my Indianapolis Colts 26 to 24. Vinny with an absolute shank job on that last field goal uh, to lose the game. Also had another miss in there as well too. I think it was an extra point. Um, look. To, for the Colts first, so that's where I'm going to focus right now. For the Colts, everything essentially went wrong in that game, and they were still able to to keep it close. Almost had a chance to win. So, yeah, they're 5-3 and three right now. They, they lost, you know, the division race. They're still going to be that, that wild card team, I believe. Um, but they were right there when essentially everything had gone against them in that game. So, Colts are still a very well-coached team. They're efficient. The talent doesn't pop off the page. It's not there yet, but it's young. It's raw. It's developing. Colts are a team of the future, and this year, you know, if they get lucky and can can make a run at it later in the year, then that'd be great. Now for Pittsburgh, you're four and four. You're not a good four and four team to me. I think the other side of it is, you know, they might not be the most efficient, but they're they're extremely well coached. This is, this is a big year for Mike Tomlin. There was a lot of slander with how he wasn't able to make things work with Bell, Brown, and Ben. Um, 
the fact that they're four and four with Mason Rudolph as their quarterback, they had Duck Hodges for a couple games in there. Injuries left and right. Juju can't be relied on really as a as a serious number one threat. You got James Conner issues. Um, this is a, a a big year for Mike Tomlin. He's going to get a lot of confidence back in it, and I feel like people are going to start warming up to him a little bit more. Uh, but they're not a good four and four team. You know they're still pro- they're still the second best team in that AFC North, but Baltimore's clearly uh, you know going to take the division there. Um, for Pittsburgh, you're going to come back into 2020 with a, a freaky talented defense. Um, you know T.J. Watt, Devin Bush, and uh, Minka Fitzpatrick. That's one young stud at each level of the defense. I love that. Go out there and get yourself a cornerback um, on defense. Offensive line still very good, one of the best in the league. Juju's a talented wide receiver. Get him a number two, or at least, you know, try and get him a number one to where he can go back to being a number two. Thrive there. I'm not the biggest James Conner guy, but I think him and Samuels uh, are serviceable. And then you got Big Ben coming back. So, Steelers will be pretty good next year. Uh, but this year just just isn't it. Still, we're able to take that one, though, over the Colts. Heartbreaker. The Cardiac Colts, 26-24. Cruising on through these games, we're going to Carolina, where the Panthers were able to take down the Titans 30-20. to um, I blindly put some faith into the Titans this past week. Thought they'd be able to pull that one out. But um, look, man, for the Panthers, Christian McCaffrey, 24 carries on the ground, 146, two touchdowns through the air, 3 for 20 and another score. Willing this offense, um, it, it's kind of the same thing I said. Kyle Allen isn't going to win you games. He will just, at the very least, not lose you games. They're not going to put him in situations where he's going to be having to throw, you know, 48 pass attempts on a day. And he's going to have to go for, for 350 and, and four touchdowns with zero interceptions. That's not his game. But they'll they'll win these games by their defense, on the ground game. And look, I, I'm not the biggest fan of their defense. I mean, the fact that Ryan Tannehill was able to put up 331 on him... Um, is pretty shocking. It seemed to be that they were kind of just hoping to sell it on the run, let Tannehill beat them, and obviously Tannehill did well, but not well enough to to earn the victory. Um, they did come in a little bit later to try and make a run at it, but it was just a uh, too little, too late. But Tennessee, they're they're an average team to me. They're they're slightly above average because I like I do like Vrabel. I I do love that defense. Young secondary that's very talented too. Jeffrey Simmons playing like a an animal um, after coming back way earlier than most expected uh, in the middle of that defensive line. I, I I think that whatever quarterback comes into that situation next year, whether it's a rookie or a guy in free agency, is going to have a really nice situation. Young receivers in A.J. Brown and uh, Corey Davis. Adam Humphreys there as well too. Derrick Henry is running back. Uh, uh, an average, slightly above average offensive line. Talented tackles. Um but yeah, the Titans now four and five. Not not too much to expect from them. Maybe another. Maybe they head back to a seven and nine season. Um, six and ten. I think they could pull out three more wins this year. I'll probably put them at seven and nine. And then the Panthers. You're in the race for the wild card now. I don't think that they end up getting it. I mean, they'll be close. Um, to me, right now, it probably goes to the other two teams in the NFC West: the Seahawks and the Rams. That's where I had to put things right now through nine weeks. But Panthers will be right in around there. Future will be interesting deciding what to do with Cam Newton. 
Um, Callan isn't bad. He won't lose you games. But he can't be that quarterback that just takes over in the fourth and, and wins ones for you. So they didn't need to do that this week, though. Panthers taking down the Titans 30-20. to 20. Moving on to one of my favorite games of the week. I love the potential that both of these teams have. Um, I think they're both going to be playoff caliber rosters um, in, in, the, in 2020. The Raiders beating the Detroit Lions 31-24. to The Raiders at 500. Look, I know that the, the Chargers are making, you know, gaining a little speed, and we'll talk about them in just a few games. Raiders, to, to me, I like them more. I like their potential. I like the direction they're heading in. Uh, fun Thursday night game between them and the Chargers, actually. I'm looking forward to that. Um, you know, one of the underlying storylines is Derek Carr's uh, 2019 season. He's looked he's looked a lot better than he did last year. Maybe just took a, a little while to get his feet, you know, going in, in the new offensive system with John Gruden complicated offense um another good game 20 31 almost 300 with two touchdowns josh jacobs got to be that offensive rookie of the year i know dk metcalf is making a run too but to me it's uh it's jacobs right now 28 carries for 120 on the ground and two touchdowns i I just i like i like the young guys on the team i like hunter renfro i like their tight end uh darren waller you know, I just I think that this is a team that's got a, a lot of good potential heading into uh, to next season. I like John Gruden. It's a fun team to watch. They're going to be great in Vegas. And for Detroit, I like the direction they're heading. Look, they just got too banged up too late into the season. on Johnson, losing him is a huge blow. You know, when, when J.D. McKissick is your leading rusher on four carries, um, that's not ideal. Look, the, the, the good thing with that is they went pretty pass-heavy. Um... You know, Stafford, 26 of 41 for 406, three touchdowns, did have an interception. Big games from Kenny Galladay and Marvin Jones Jr. Hawkinson added in over 50 yards. Um, I like where the Lions are heading. Matt Stafford is, is having a great season. I think he's still got probably three or four left in the tank of, of, of great seasons. Uh, after it's, it's kind of similar situation to Oakland now that you think about it. You know, new offensive system. They're asked to do something completely different than what they've done before their entire careers between Carr with John Gruden now and um, Matt Stafford with the New England type offense that they run. And last year, both of them had down seasons, didn't expect a ton out of them, and then came around this year and have looked very good. And so to me, both of these teams are on the steady rise. I'm excited to watch them um, in 2020. I think both teams uh, should be able to to make solid pushes for the uh, playoffs. Buccaneers, Seahawks. Where we're headed next, the Seahawks needed overtime to do it, but they moved to seven and two after taking down Tampa Bay, forty to thirty-four. Seahawks now seven and two. Buccaneers now two and six. And if you uh, if you follow Warren Sharp, you knew that this was going to be a close game. Um, when they when they when he, the way he broke it down and and just uh, taking a look at Tampa's offense versus the Seattle defense, um, you know, Tampa Bay being pretty solid. Uh, in the run defense, even though Carson did turn out 105 on the ground. Um, look, with this, the Seahawks, to me, are still, like I said, they, I think they get that final playoff spot, that final wild card spot, that six seed. But um, they're going to get there by this offense. It's not the defense anymore. You know, Jameis Winston didn't throw an interception. I just want to throw that out there. 
you got a pretty shaky defense when you can't force Winston to throw an interception. Um, so uh, for the Seahawks, they're going to win by their offense. Unfortunately, um, it's only getting better. You know, the 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 one through three lineup of Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf, and soon to be Josh Gordon. That's one of the the better top threes in the league. Like I said, Chris Carson is turning out a, a very strong season on the ground. Offensive line seems a lot better too, and, and Russell Wilson. Him and Watson are the front runners for MVP. Um, Wilson turning out almost 400 yards, five touchdowns, zero interceptions. Um, they're they're going to get that final wild card spot, or you know, with the Rams, it's going to be one of. They're both going to be the wild card teams to me. I don't see either of the teams missing the playoffs just with the way the rest of the NFC is stacked out. I don't think another team comes from the East, the South, and at the end of the day, the North. I'm just not. I, I'm going to take Russell Wilson. And Pete Carroll plus, you know, Sean McVay over Kirk Cousins. And so Seahawks, very good team. Worried about their defense, though, against, you know, if they get in the postseason, have to play, you know, the Packers or, you know, even the Rams. I know they beat them. They got lucky on the missed field goal at the end. Talented offenses will will have a, a pretty strong day against Tampa or against Seattle, just like Tampa did. Um, and for the Bucks, James looked kind of good. More to, more to say at the end of the day with, with Tampa, and it's going to say it every week. I, I'm excited for whatever quarterback is the starter next year for Tampa. Great weapons. Bruce Arians is your head coach. Um, on the other side, I love their run defense. Need help in the secondary. But um, almost were able to pull off that upset. And almost covered. You were so close, Tampa. Put money on you plus five. We were so close. But uh, Seahawks 40, Buccaneers 34. How about this one? It's... It- <laughs> You know, Jets and Browns fans should have a lot in common to talk about. You know, they've got young quarterbacks that are definitely underperforming in year two. They both have the two most idiotic head coaches, I think, in the entire league right now. Um, and both can't seem to, to bring out wins against bad opponents. You know, the Browns should beat the Broncos. The Jets should be the Dolphins. But, you know, we've got weeks where Denver and, and Miami were able to steal the wins. Brandon Allen... Who? Um, 12 of 20 for 193 and two touchdowns. That's what you need out of a quarterback to beat the Browns, I guess. Um, I I did my dive into what I thought um, about my concerns with Baker on yesterday's episode, so make sure to go back and listen to that. Uh, Kind of broke down what we've seen from him so far this season, and especially in that last game against Denver. Um, Look, the Browns, like I say with... um, with the Bears and Mitch, with the Jets and Gase, it's never too early to move on from Freddie Kitchens. Go in there, pair another guy with Baker, invest on the offensive line, get some help in the secondary. I, I, eh, I'd say more priority in the linebackers on defense. A lot of talent. A lot of talent on, uh, on the Browns. Just can't string it together. For the Broncos, I want to see Drew Locke soon. Please, let's not continue to watch Brandon Allen if Locke is ready to play uh, as soon as he's healthy. There's there's no point in wasting it. How about, though, after uh, since Emmanuel Sanders has been traded, Noah Fant turned in some good games. I know he only had three catches, but 115 and a touchdown. Had that 75-yard score. Um, I like Cortland Sutton. He's a number one wide receiver for a good NFL team. And, uh, yeah, I, I like Vic Fangio. I like this defense when they get healthy and maybe hit, add in uh, some 
a talented guy in the in at safety. Um, Philip Lindsay and Royce Freeman is usually a good duo. At least one of them usually has a, has a good day, but both of these teams are just bad. I, I didn't watch a ton of this game. There were much better late afternoon games to watch. Broncos 24, Browns 19. Ugh. Talking about teams that just ripped my heart out on uh, on Sunday. The Green Bay Packers, second loss of the season, taken down by the the Chargers, the now four and five Chargers. Um, twenty six to eleven. Green Bay didn't get anything going until the fourth quarter. Um, look, Aaron Rodgers shouldn't be throwing for one sixty in a game. And everyone was, and we were all surprised too because, uh, you know, Devontae Adams was back. I, I mean, the Packers' offense was rolling. I, I don't. This is just one of those games that just doesn't make sense to me. Um, you know, the the Packers. It seemed like maybe they were just kind of reminds me of, of Buffalo walking into Miami, thinking they'd be able to get the uh, the easy win. Kind of stumble a little bit, and you know, for the Bills, they were able to still pull it off, but um, Packers just came out flat and um Aaron Rodgers shouldn't be throwing for 161 in a game especially when he's got 23 completions that's at least 275 or more um it doesn't help too when you can only run the ball 11 times a lot of their success is predicated on establishing the run you know you get down six nothing after one nine nothing after uh you know at halftime you can't rely on your run game you got to go heavy pass they try to get something going um, you know, scored those 11 points. So I think six minutes left remaining, but uh, they weren't able to get it done. For the Chargers, look, they're going to go on a little bit of a run. The second half of their schedule is a little bit lighter than the first half. To me, it's still, you know, an 8-8, eight and 7-9 eight, and nine team that just misses the playoffs. Too, mu- uh, too many injuries. They are getting Derwin James back. I- offensive line is banged up. Um, Melvin Gordon finally had a, a decent game. 20 uh, carries for 80 yards and two scores. I love the receivers on this team, too. Uh, Mike Williams, Hunter Henry, Keenan Allen, all talented guys. Um, just a weird game, man. Just a weird game. Chargers take this one 26-11 over Green Bay. And then good old Sunday night football. What a doozy it was. If it wasn't any worse for me to, to finish off a bad day in terms of gambling and making my picks, the Patriots lose by 17 to Baltimore. Baltimore jumps out quickly to that 17-0 lead. Then all of a sudden, New England starts to come back. They score 13 quick points before the half. Um, and then Baltimore just outpaced them in the second half. Like I said at the beginning of the episode, I'm going to take a closer look at this game and figure out, um, I guess, the formula uh, to beating New England this year. Because now that we've seen a team do it, um, we're going to see other teams try and, and replicate it. So I want to take a look at what other teams have the um, talent or the personnel or the coaching scheme to really uh, replicate what Baltimore did uh, to New England. But uh, for the Ravens, ground and pound. It's just dom- It's just dominate up front. The offensive line looked great. Mark Ingram looked extremely fast. 115. You know, Lamar Jackson adding in 61 and two touchdowns. Didn't have to do a ton through the air. Uh, you know, Lamar threw for 163 and a score off 23 attempts they really really the the name of the game was keep the offense off the field long drives uh for the ravens i think they had the ball for 40 some minutes while new england i think it was like a 40 20 split almost um 
You know, the Ravens' defense wasn't great. Got a couple lucky breaks, you know, the Edelman fumble. Um, and, of course, the, the Patriots' offense hasn't been hasn't been amazing, but they, they did well enough. Brady threw for 285 and a touchdown. They couldn't get anything going on the ground, too, uh, which is the biggest concern, you know. I was high on Sony Michelle. Four carries for 18 yards. They're slowly losing faith in him. Um, James White was back. Nine carries for 38 and a touchdown. Also had 46 receiving yards. It's just a clunky offense. There's not a ton of playmakers out there. Edelman's great across the middle of the field. The connection isn't there with Sanu yet, although he did have 10 receptions <clears throat> for 81 and a score. But uh, tight end play, Ben Watson doesn't really do much for you. Philip Dorsett is kind of hit or miss at times. But um, we'll get more into that game on Thursday's episode, taking a look at what teams kind of have the formula to take New England down this year. Because now someone's finally done it. You know, that great defense... Uh, just let up 37 points to to Lamar Jackson, who, look, passing numbers aren't great, but impact on the game and what he's able to do on the field, he's got to get some MVP love eventually. I don't think it's now. You know, now is the statement win, but when we continue to see it in the coming weeks, we'll start to get that buzz rolling. But uh, Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson, Lamar Jackson, throwing McCaffrey, he's not going to get it. It's a quarterback-driven league now, but... Um, those seem to be the, the top four vote-getters so far through nine weeks. Ravens 37, Patriots 20. Last one before we send you into uh, to the rest of your day. Cowboys, just finishing up now as I'm recording this, taking down the Giants. Wasn't easy from the start. Giants gave them a little little tough love. Dak, Dak came out on that first pass attempt with an interception. Um, Giants only able to convert on a field goal with that one. Biggest storyline of the day is is the cat on the field. And, and really what a wasted opportunity uh, for Booger and Joe Tessator. A, a commentating duo that um, I guess easily receives the most hate uh, from all the major, uh, you know, out of all the ones that, on major networks. And um, they could have done so much better with that. You know, called the cat as he ran into the end zone. Um I don't know. They didn't do a ton with it. That I, I just feel like we've seen guys before really take advantage of. You know, there was a bunny once running into the end zone. You know, with fans streaking. I feel like they could have played that up. But I think it just goes to show their their lack of creativity or what they're expected to do there on Monday Night Football. So they really ruined an opportunity to really gain some good love there. Um, just my two cents on, on those two. But uh, for the Giants, you know what. They're bad. Uh, Daniel Jones, I, I like. I, look, there's a lot of young guys on the team that I like. I like Daniel, Saquon, Evan Ingram, Sterling Shepard. On the defensive side, you know, Dalvin Tomlinson, uh, Dexter Lawrence, Leonard Williams. Big front three there. Um, you know, the back seven, essentially, of their defense definitely needs a lot of help. Offensive line still needs, uh, you know, think at least three guys out there um so the giants they're a team that i would move on from uh from their head coach after this season pat Shermer, i would move on from him um and for the cowboys uh, they're not a team that's going to make a lot of noise to me um they're going to get you know that four seed in the playoffs they're going to win that division but um I don't know. I, I would just take I, I would take all five other teams in the playoffs over the Cowboys right now. 
you know, the 40 in, in no order, the 49ers, the Packers, you know, you've got the Rams, the Seahawks. Uh, who else am I forgetting? Who's the other team in there? Oh, the Saints. Yeah, of course. Cowboys probably going to the postseason as the worst team. Still get that four seed because of the division, but um, they're another team. I, I guess I'm coming at every head coach uh, in today's episode. I'm always talking about firing head coaches. To me, Jason Garrett's not the guy. You're Dallas. You have the pull to get probably any guy that's out there. I would think that if Dallas was to, to free up its job, you know, maybe that would be enticing enough for Lincoln Riley to head over to Dallas to, to jump up to the pros. I think I would love to see how his offense, uh, you know, would be tailored uh, in, in the National Football League. But Dak's, Dak's great. Looked great in the fourth quarter. Um, and, and, and yeah, a good offensive line. Good quarterback. Zeke is, is slowly finding form. I was, I was harping on Zeke early in the season. I like Amari Cooper as a number one wideout. Still need some tight end help, and the, and the defense is sound. Not a not a great team. Not going to make a run in the postseason, but uh, solid. Solid enough to get there in a bad division. And um, I guess they'll have to worry about their problems after the season when it comes to head coach, paying Dak Prescott, all of that stuff. But uh, Cowboys take that one over the Giants. All right, and that's it. Uh, we are right around the 42-minute mark, so... Not the worst that we've done with these, but um, thank you guys so much for listening as always. That was our Tuesday recap episode going down through each game. Looking forward to the rest of the week. Wednesday, coming out with my updated power rankings through nine weeks of the NFL season. Thursday, we'll be taking a look at a few more league-wide topics. Uh, most notably, the uh, the Patriots-Ravens, as, I, as I've talked about already a couple times here. Friday, we'll head into some some betting. We'll, we'll remake all the money that we lost on, on this past weekend if you were betting like I was. Um, I, I'm in a group chat that probably has 15 to 20 degenerates, and it seemed like all of us had pretty bad weeks. So we'll all do a, a we'll put out a much better effort to get things rolling next weekend. Or, but uh, like I said, thank you guys so much for listening. Make sure to go follow me on Twitter at Blake Andrew Pace. Follow all my work at Stampede Blue covering the Indianapolis Colts. Check out my other podcast, Reasonably Outrageous, with Matt Wyrick and myself. We cover baseball, basketball, football on there as well, too. That comes out twice a week. Still trying to hammer down a more consistent schedule because the two of us are working completely different uh, work lives now. Matt Matt covers some late nights. I, of course, work during the day. So, so we're figuring that out. Uh, but make sure to check out that podcast. It's a lot of fun working with Matt. Um, and hey, enjoy the rest of your Tuesdays. If you're listening to it on Tuesday, later in the week, enjoy the rest of your day. And let's, let's keep on trucking along. Take care, guys.